Well, unless you are into antiques or archaeology, you probably like new things. And no doubt you like to look new yourself. Unless, of course, you're married to an archaeologist. For it's been said that the wife of an archaeologist has it made because the older she gets, the more interested he becomes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Most of us, however, do want to look new. We don't want to look old. Even I have to admit I love it when someone says they can't believe I'm 70. You know, we throw out perfectly good clothes because they're out of style and buy new clothes, intentionally ripped in the right places, of course. Now, you may have noticed I originally said worn out when I told Marilyn what I was going to say. She said, no one will understand that. It's ripped jeans, not worn out jeans. So there you go. We color our hair, sculpt our bodies, and if we can afford it, have them made perfect by plastic surgeons or Botox or some new laser therapy. Fact of the matter is, nothing in this world can make us new. Ponce de Leon never found the fountain of youth, and Internet ads that claim celebrities are giving up their careers to sell miracle-working skin creams are scams. There is, however, something out of this world that can make us new. Jesus Christ can make us brand new. Through him, we can actually be born again. We can be changed from the inside out. Now, as we've seen in chapter 2 of Colossians, it is possible to appear different on the outside without actually being changed on the inside. And that's the problem with man-made religions of rules and regulations and observances. They're nothing more than religious cosmetic surgery. Now, while that is indeed true, it's also true that it's possible for us to really be changed on the inside without it becoming apparent on the outside. And that's what Paul's going to focus on today, the new you, and how you're going to be different now that you've died to self and sin in the law and have been raised up with Christ. There has to be some external differences as well as internal. And the first difference, he notes, is that the new you seeks the things that are above. Colossians, beginning chapter 3. If then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. To be raised up means to be brought to life with Christ. And, of course, we demonstrate the beginning of our new life with Christ when we die, are buried, and are raised up from that watery grave of baptism. Our baptism buries the old life. 
and enables us to rise to walk in newness of life. If it's done in faith and obedience to the commands of Christ, it changed us. We died to self and what we want, and now seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So Paul admonishes us to keep on seeking the things of God. Don't stop. Focus on Christ, seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us and guiding us through life. Keep seeking the direction of his spirit in everything. And not only seek it, think about it. Keep it in mind. Set your mind on it. Contemplate the things above. Fill your mind with thoughts of heaven. Don't let heaven be eclipsed by the shadow of this world. Read God's word. Study it. Meditate on it. Sing it. Pray it. Think about it. Apply it to the situations you face every day. You know, don't just ask what would Jesus do. Find out. Seek after the mind of Christ. Think about things that are important to him. Why? Because we've died to self. The old man is hidden with Christ in God. That's the way Paul puts that. The old man is hidden with Christ in God. Now, I like that imagery. Hidden with Christ. You know, the Greeks spoke of death as being hidden in the earth. We have been hidden in Christ. We have been covered up by him. The old man is dead, gone, buried in Christ. The story is told of a couple of sisters who had recently come to Christ and understood what that meant. They had been known for their love of wild drinking parties and Shortly after they came to Christ, they received an invitation to such a party. They RSVP'd, we regret that we cannot attend because we recently died. (laughs) That's good. They had died to what they wanted. They had died to a life focused on self and selfish pleasures. Christ was now the focus of their life and what they lived for. The same is true of us. Christ is now the focus of our life and what we live for. If we have died and our life is hidden with him in God, we think about him all the time. We talk to him. Throughout the day, we acknowledge his presence in everything we do and everywhere we go. And we long for the day when we'll see him face to face. When we'll see him as he is and be changed into his likeness. When he will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the glory of his body. Someday... The totally new you will be revealed with Christ in glory. We've been changed on the inside now, and someday we will get a perfected body as well. In the meantime, we don't just ignore 
the imperfections on the outside. Now, with his help, with the empowering of his spirit within us, the new you puts off the old. Verses 5 through 9. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is on account of these things that the wrath of God will come, and in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. We have died to the old self. We have experienced a spiritual rebirth. But there's still a problem. We are still in our old fleshly bodies. And our fleshly passions and desires won't die until our physical body dies and we receive a new spiritual body. Of course, having fleshly desires in a physical body is not necessarily a bad thing. If we lost all of our fleshly passions and desires, we would quit eating and having babies. Our passions and desires, however, can get us into trouble if we're not careful. They are powerful forces, and they're hard to keep under control. Now, as we've been discussing for the past couple of weeks, we don't do it through self-abasement and severe treatment of the body. It's not by denying legitimate needs that we gain victory over the flesh. We do it by dying to sinful expressions of those passions and desires. By considering the members, the parts of our earthly body, as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. We have died to sin. And our life is now hidden in Christ. We want Him to be seen not the old sinful self. So we put off some of the things that we used to do. We make them dead. That's what the word translated here as consider as dead actually means. It's a strong word that means to make dead. As one commentator put it, it suggests that we are not simply to suppress or control evil acts and attitudes. We are to wipe them out, completely exterminate the old way of life. Slay utterly may express its force. The form of the verb makes clear that the action is to be undertaken decisively with a sense of urgency. Both the meaning of the verb and the force of the tense suggest a vigorous, painful act of personal determination. Alexander McLaren, the famous expositor of another generation we quoted last week, likened it to a man who, while working at a machine, 
gets his fingers drawn between rollers or caught in the belting. Another minute, and he will be flattened into a shapeless, bloody mass. He catches up an axe lying by and with his own arm hacks off his own hand at the wrist. It's not easy nor pleasant, but it is the only alternative to a horrible death. That's rather gruesome, but it certainly paints the picture. We've got to die to immorality and impurity, to unrestrained expressions of sexual desires and urges. We've got to acknowledge the fact that we are more than an animal controlled by passions and desires. We are a new man controlled by the indwelling Christ. Our body is not our own. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. When the desires get strong, we consider the members of our body as dead. Now, it might help to picture yourself as a corpse, propped against the wall. Nothing you see can have any effect on you. Now, obviously, you're not a corpse. So it may be better to simply avoid those things that stir up sinful passions and evil desires. Don't intentionally expose yourself to pornography, hardcore or softcore swimsuit additions. You're dead to that kind of stuff. It's a cheap substitute for the real thing anyway, a cheap substitute for love. So cut it out of your life as much as possible. When it hits you in the face unexpectedly, go ahead, picture yourself as that corpse. And don't let it have an effect on you. Immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. The first four are unquestionably related to sex. And some commentators feel the fifth one is also, since it's placed in series with the rest. They feel that Paul is talking about greed for sex. But it can be greed for anything. The word means to have more. It's living to get more of whatever you want. Paul says we die to that kind of lifestyle. To continue living to get more of whatever you want, amounts to idolatry. Because we have put self back on the throne of our heart. And that is very dangerous. In fact, it will bring down the wrath of God. Because God will not accept second place in our life. His first commandment was, You shall have no other gods before me. Obviously, that includes making self into a God. So we put off the sinful expressions of our passions and desires. And we also put off the sinful characteristics of our old personality. We put aside anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive or filthy speech. And we quit lying altogether. 
These evil practices were part of the old self. They're not part of the new you. So you lay them aside. Don't hang on to them. Don't say, well, that's just the way I am. You're different now. The new you puts off the old and puts on the new. Verses 10 and 11. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and freeman. But Christ is all and in all. Paul pictures this like changing clothes. And you don't put your dirty clothes back on after taking a bath, even if they do pass the sniff test. <laughs> My wife insists on that. <laughs> Fortunately, she's back there. <laughs> The really amazing thing about the new self we receive in Christ is that it never becomes old. It's not a passing phase, something new today that will be old tomorrow. If we really put on the new you that he gives, it stays new because it's constantly being renewed. It's getting better all the time. It's constantly being renewed according to the image of the one who created us. It's becoming more Christ-like all the time. We're putting on new Christ-like characteristics every day. His Holy Spirit within us is bearing fruit, making us more loving, patient, self-controlled, kinder, gentler people. Is Christ doing that to you? He should be. He wants to. And he can if we'll let him. In fact, he can make anyone new. Greeks, Jews, barbarians, slaves, whatever or whoever. He can make us brand new from the inside out if we will let him. And if we will work with him. If a Scythian can become new in Christ, so can you. What's a Scythian? I'm glad you asked. They were warriors who invaded invaded Palestine in the 7th century before Christ. They were wild men. Josephus tells us they were little short of being wild beasts. Herodotus tells us they drank blood of the first enemy killed in battle and made napkins of the scalps and drinking bowls of the skulls of the slain. They had the most filthy habits and never washed with water. I'm glad Paul included them in the list. If a Scythian can become new in Christ, so can you. All that's required is total surrender of self to him.
Are you surrendering all? Will you surrender all? That's the only way to really become new. Let him change you on the inside and then focus on him. And then start putting off what needs to go and putting on whatever makes you more like him.